cross. Just lay it at the foot of Jesus. He came to forgive you of every indiscretion, every sin, every mistake. Just lay it at the foot of Jesus. He already did the work. You don't need to do the work. You just hand it over. You just say, I'm sorry, Lord, and I know that I am forgiven. And then you let your heart just seek after him, and he'll show you the way. Because you have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son. Into the kingdom of light and the love of Christ. Hallelujah. For the law of the spirit of life is now at work in you and it has swallowed up the curse of sin and sickness. The law of sickness and death. You have been translated. You have been translated out, out, you are no longer of the world. You are walking here in the world, but you are not of it. And you operate by the law of the spirit of life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How could we ever thank you enough, Lord? How could we ever fathom the glorious riches that you've given us? In our earthen temples, these earthen vessels, oh, let the glory shine. Because that's what you have designed us to do, Lord God. In union with you, Jesus gave us the very glory that you have given him. Jesus, in unity with you, before the foundation of the world. And he came to show us that, Lord. And now because of his blood, we are in union with you. The very glory that he have, we now have, carrying in us, Lord God, by your grace. Because of your loving kindness. And our hearts cry to just let it shine. Into every corner of the world. In our homes, in our communities, in our schools throughout the earth, Lord. It's what you've destined us to do. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I just want to welcome I want to welcome our guests. Thank you for being here. You could have been anywhere. And, and I believe the Lord has you here today. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord. All right. Well, remember last week when I said the Lord said nobody should miss today? Well, some people didn't listen. I'm totally serious. Because the Lord told me that Okay, you know how we've been studying the glory? We've been 
on a journey about the glory. I'm not going to go into all that again. You can either listen on Facebook or YouTube or you can get the CD if you want that, that background. But God put it in my heart that there is something that every person needs to address in their own lives that is a hindrance to the shining forth of the glory. I'm not saying to a hindrance, I'm not saying a hindrance at the glory that you have not received the glory because Jesus' words tell us differently than that. But there is a hindrance to the glory. You know how everyone wants to let the glory shine forth and manifest the glory and do what Jesus did. And he said there's a hindrance. And we're going to address that today. And that hindrance is unforgiveness. Hallelujah. Do you see how the Lord speaks through all of us? Because the worship team doesn't know when I'm preaching. They never do. I don't, I don't normally tell them. But his word, his word, his heart is true for us. So anyway, he said today we need to address forgiveness. So the setting was we've been given the glory, right? We have been given God's glory, John 17, 22. Jesus speaking says, I have given them the glory that you gave me. You need to believe that. You need to understand it. That's unity with your Father. And through that, we receive God's, well, we receive God's promises through the blood. But we receive those promises, and then those promises help us escape the corruption of this world, right? Okay. Second Peter 1.3. His divine power, his divine power has given, past tense, has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him, our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. See that? He's called you by his glory and goodness. Through these, through what? What did I just say? What did the scripture just say? Are we listening? Through his glory and goodness, right? Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. You participate in the divine nature. You cannot grasp that too firmly. It is so important to know who he created you to be. Participants in his divine nature. Having escaped the corruption in the world, caused by evil desires. Do you have an escape route? Yes. You absolutely do. You have an escape route. He has allowed you to escape. Hallelujah. It is the glory of God. His promises manifest through us the fullness of Christ. Don't sell yourself short. You are destined to walk in the fullness 
of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God's glory has been given to us, and by it we receive his promises, and then we participate in his divine nature, and we escape corruption caused by evil desires. Romans 8, 1 and 2. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. It doesn't say by your works you've achieved no condemnation. It does not say that. Does it? No. It doesn't say that. It says because you're in Christ. His blood and his blood alone. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, if you're reading from the Aramaic, it says the Spirit of life. NIV says the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So we just hang on to the Spirit. We just believe Spirit life. We just believe in that resurrection life. We just seek after our Lord Jesus. We seek his face. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. That's nobody here. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set. Set your minds on the things of the Spirit. Those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. So what happens when we do that? We reap Spirit consequences. We reap Spirit consequences. The goodness of God. Hallelujah. Colossians 1.22 But now he has reconciled you. You are reconciled by Christ's physical body through death to present you okay, get this definition, get this picture of who you are to present you holy in his sight without Blemish? Will you believe that about yourself? When you're under the blood, will you believe that about yourself? See, because that's not what the world tells you. Without blemish and free from accusation. Is that a good word for you? Is that a good word? Think about that. See, don't argue, could, please don't argue with God. Don't, don't sit here and say, well, I did this and this and this and this and this wrong. Just lay it down at the feet of the Lord who shed his blood for you, who went to the mercy seat for you, who suffered to pour out his mercy on you. Hallelujah. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, don't let anyone talk you out of it, and do not move from the hope. Do not move from the hope. 
the hope in Jesus, the salvation, the redemption, the reconciliation, the cleansing, the freedom in Christ. Do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. See, it's a really easy answer. (laughs) This is the gospel that you heard that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Hallelujah. So, born-again believers, born-again believers have received a spirit, the Spirit of God, the glory of God, the very breath of God, the wind of God, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To know, to understand, and to do the things of God. You, you, every one of you in here, born-again believers, everyone who's a born-again believer, don't disqualify yourself. You, walking in his glory, unity with the Father, union with your Father, are the manifest presence, his manifest presence here on the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you take a hold of that? Can you take a hold of that, beloved? Please take a hold of that. Know who you are. Psalm 16.9. I'm going to read you several scriptures here. I have set the Lord always before me. Okay? I set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad. I rejoice. My heart is glad in him. My heart is glad. And my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. Do you see that he has rest for you? Do you see that he has rest for you? Rest for your flesh. Rest for the tormenting things that try to haunt you in your flesh. He has rest for you. It says, my glory rejoiceth. There is rejoicing in the Lord. There is rejoicing in the glory. Woo! See that? There is rejoicing in him. When our hearts are glad, the glory shines forth. And see, he gives us a way to be glad. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 108.1, King James. Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise even with my glory. You see, the glory, the glory of God in you produces praise. It produces joy. It produces rejoicing. No matter what you're facing, no matter what a friend is facing, you have something to offer them. Hallelujah. When our hearts are 
we go forth in the power of God. His power. Hallelujah. Scripture tells us of a way to stay in the strength of the Lord. Nehemiah 8.10 Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. KJV Neither be ye sorry. You know, I really like that word because that's really a word that we can all relate to. We do things and we want to get sorry for that. He says, don't be sorry. See, we just turn it over to him. He says, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. When we rest in that power, when we rest in that strength, the joy of the Lord, the glory of God flows forth. It cannot help but flow forth from you, from him, through you, okay? So when we rest in that power, the glory, the glory is his presence. The glory is his presence in us. Okay? And the joy of God allows that presence, when we're in union with him, it allows that presence to flow. You will be streams of living water. You will be trees planted beside streams of living water that bears its fruit in due season, whose vine never withers. You see that? Hallelujah. That's why he told me to talk about forgiveness today. That's why forgiveness is so important. So, I don't want anyone rushing out of here today. I'm serious. We are going to take time today. We are going to deal with forgiveness. We are going to deal with unforgiveness. You will have a new understanding of God's love for you and his forgiveness for you, and you will be set free. You will be set free. I believe you're already set free by the praise and worship that occurred. So I'm just here to, like, support that. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Okay. So unforgiveness steals our joy. And if the joy of the Lord is our strength, unforgiveness will steal that strength that God intended us to have. Right? So we're not going to let that happen. We don't let that happen because we're not going to listen to the lies of the devil. The tormenting spirits that come to try to haunt us, haunt us, whatever. We're not going to listen to that. For unforgiveness steals our joy and hinders the glory. Now, it doesn't hinder God. You, you, know, you, know, you all know me well enough to know what I'm saying. But it hinders your ability, you know, to understand that you're worthy, that he loves you, that he has a great treasure in you that he wants you to give out, okay? So there are lots of types of unforgiveness. So first we're going to talk about that you are forgiven by God. We're going to talk about receiving God's forgiveness. And everyone in here might think they have it all together. 
and in the blood you do. But in the flesh, sometimes we have things that we need to work out. Okay? So we're going to talk first about the fact that you are forgiven. In order to forgive yourself, in order to forgive others, you need to know that God forgives you. First, right? Okay. God forgives you. Once you confess your sins, there's a little word that we call repentance. It is still necessary. Whether the world likes to preach it or not, it is one of the most freeing words that we'll ever know. Repentance is a blessing. Because we can just go to God and we repent and we ask him to change our heart. We ask him to show us a new way. <coughs> and he forgives us. And we go the new way. <coughs> right? By the Holy Spirit. <coughs> working through us. Excuse me. So anyway, once we confess our sins to our Father, he forgives us and he remembers that sin no more. Okay? We are no longer going to have a difficult time understanding that fact. See? That's how we get hung up in the flesh. Because... We might remember it, but do you know God can even take it away from your remembrance? Okay? He forgets it. All right? He's not waiting. God is not waiting for an opportunity to remind you of that sin. Okay. And, you know, because of the way human beings talk, this is a little side note, <coughs> because of the way that human beings talk, if I accidentally today say your sin, just go ahead and correct me. See, because once it's under the blood, it is no longer your sin. It is that sin that's forgotten and gone. So, I, you know, we all have to train ourselves how to speak in line with the word. So if I say your sin, please do not receive that into your spirit. If I accidentally do that, I'm going to try and really try hard to say the sin, that sin, that type of thing. But if I accidentally say your sin, say I take crop failure on that. That's not going to produce a seed in my spirit, a, a harvest in my spirit. Okay? So I'm just correcting myself in front of you so that y'all understand where, what I mean. Okay. So he is not taking, he is not just waiting to take an opportunity to correct you, to, you know, remind you of that sin that you've put under the blood. Only, only the devil accuses you. Okay? Revelations 12.10. Okay, when I read this scripture, I want you to recognize what God has given and what comes from the devil. Okay? Pay attention. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Okay, what do you get from God? Can y'all read? Amen. Salvation, strength, the kingdom of our God, the power of Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down. See that? 
which accused them before our God day and night. So what does the devil do? What does he want to do? He wants to accuse you. Hello, this is God. I'm not listening. What? Wait a minute. This is my blood-bought child. I paid a price. I don't hear you. You see that? We need to be that way with ourselves, too. Once we've taken it to the Lord. We need to be that way with others. Okay. Once you go to God with any sin, I don't care what sin it is, and then you feel that accusing, that accusing spirit, it is not God. Once you go to God and you feel that accusing spirit, it is not God. Don't repeat it. It is the devil. He is the master of reminding you of your past, of the mistakes you've made, of the indiscretions, of your flaws. Oh, see, bad word. You were supposed to catch me first. Imperfections, rejections, hurts. You see? He wants to dredge all that up and then take it and say, you didn't handle it right. You didn't handle it right. You didn't do enough. It's not really gone. You didn't really forgive. And you say, I co I'm covered in the blood. So the devil, see what the devil does is he tries to re-enslave you under a curse that's already been broken. He tries to re-enslave you, to make you think, to make you think that you are defeated by sin. You're not. That sin that you have taken to your Lord does not define you. It is not who you are. You get that? It is not who you are. He wants you to think that you are ruled by familiar spirits and chained by the bondage that they bring. And you say, the curse is broken. It's paid for. That's right. Absolutely. You are no longer ruled by those. That's just your flesh reacting. You see that? You see what I'm saying? That's just your flesh wanting to think those thoughts. You have to understand that it's broken, that you're forgiven, that you're accepted in the beloved. Okay? The blood has broken it. Once you hand something over to God, you are set free. Him whom Jesus sets free is free indeed. John 8, 36. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So just keep serving God. Just keep following Jesus. Don't listen to the lies and the torment of the devil. The devil wants to bring guilt on you, wants to bring shame on you, 
All that stuff from which God has already set you free. And the devil wants to bring it back. God will not re-enslave you with guilt and shame. He purchased freedom for you. God, will, God has set you free from the law of sin and death and given you the law of the spirit of life. Now, we just walk in that life. We walk in resurrection victory. We walk in new creation life. We walk in an ascended life. We walk in an open heaven. That's right. There is life and freedom in knowing that God forgives you. Everybody say this. God forgives me. God forgives you. Okay, he forgives you. God has set you free from the bondage even of the remembrance of sin. We're going to talk about that later. Okay, I want to give you just some scriptures because I certainly don't want this to be just me talking. 1 John 1, 9. I want you to focus on these. I don't want you to let them just go in one ear and out the other. I want you to pay attention. I want you to sink your heart. Let these sink into your heart. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us. Purify. Purify from all unrighteousness. In him you are purified. Holy, blameless, without accusation. Psalm 103.11 For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, never meaning, those are my words I'm adding, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So if they've been removed from you, why do you want to remember them? If they've been removed from you, why do you want to pick them back up? If they have been removed, they're removed, they're taken, they're severed. As a father, as a father has compassion on his children, that's you, that's every believer in Christ, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. He is compassionate toward you. He is compassionate. He understands the temptations and the trials. You just stay in him. You are his child. He has compassion. He doesn't just have the compassion on the ones who do everything right. Because, hello, there are none of those. Okay, Isaiah 43, 25. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions. Think about that. He blots them out for my sake, for his own sake, for his own sake, and remembers your sin no more. I love this verse right here, 26. Review the past for me. Let us argue the matter together. State the case for your innocence. 
He does not say talk about your shame and your guilt. He says, come on, talk to me. I want to hear you say and state your innocence. Because you know what? I purchased it for you. He wants you to come to him and say, I'm innocent. And he agrees. <laughs> Do you see how compassionate, how loving and kind? He says, state your innocence. Well, if he tells me to do that, I'm going to do that. It's really simple. I'm going to do that, and I'm going to believe it. State your innocence. Let us argue the matter together. State the case for your innocence. Walk in your innocence. You are perfected through the blood, basically, when you've taken it to Christ. In other words, speak the innocence, not the guilt. Colossians 1.13. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. Hallelujah. Psalm 130, verse 3 through 4 and 7. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? You see that? Nobody could. None of us could. But he's fixed it. He's fixed it for us. But with you, see that? But with you, with you, with you, there is forgiveness so that we can with reverence serve you. Do you know that you need to accept his forgiveness so that you can serve him the way that he wants you to serve him? So that you can serve with an open heart? So that you can serve without condemnation? So that you can serve without a feeling of unworthiness? He needs you to accept his forgiveness. He needs you to do that. Where was I? Oh, verse 7. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. Not partial, not like, okay, well, this sin wasn't quite as bad, so I'll forgive that one, but you know what, that one over there, um, oh, i got to think about it. Nope, absolutely not. And not just like, okay, take that sin, and I'm going to forgive you for, like, to a certain level. I'm going to forgive you for, like, maybe most of it, but I'm still going to maybe have a little bit hanging out there where I'm going to hold you accountable. Did you take it to Christ? Did you repent? Did you ask for forgiveness? There is full redemption. Full. Full. Okay? The Lord's forgiveness brings full redemption, full restoration. All of his plans, okay? Do not sit here and think, because I messed up this much, he cannot complete his good work in me. Up, oh, The plans that he originally had for me, they're never going to be accomplished because I goofed this thing up. That isn't what Philippians tells me. It's not what it tells me at all. It says he's going to complete the good work that he began in me. I just have one little responsibility. Go to him, receive it. That's a good gospel, beloved. That's a really good gospel. 
Jesus' great love for you. Hallelujah. He's totally cleansed, totally restored of all things. His good plans and purposes will come to fruition in my life. Full redemption. See that? And that's God's heart for us. If that's God's heart for us, and it is, then we need to receive it. All right, Hebrews 10, 17. Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. So stop it. Stop it. Sacrifice for sin, when, this is, when, you're, when a sin is forgiven, sacrifice for that sin is no longer necessary and you couldn't do enough to earn it anyway. So quit trying to work out your forgiveness. Quit trying to sacrifice over and over and over for something of which you have already been forgiven. Receive it. Know that he loves you and that he has forgiven you. And quit trying to pay penance. You just need to accept that free gift of grace. The forgiveness in Jesus. Verse 19 of Hebrews 10. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence, confidence, because you're blood-bought. You have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain, his body, the veil was torn, and we became redeemed unto our Father. That is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God. Don't let anything stop you. Don't let the fact that you may have felt unforgiven, do not let it stop you from drawing nigh unto your father. You press in. You say, no, devil, I'm not listening. I'm not listening. My past has been covered by the blood. I am pressing in. I am drawing near, and nobody is going to keep me from the presence of my Father. Nobody is going to keep me from the promises of my God. Nobody is going to keep me from the glory of the gospel. Nobody is going to taunt me with darkness and lies. I'm receiving the grace of my Father, the glory of God. I am receiving the truth of the gospel. I am confident, and I enter into the most holy place. Feel like that movie where Yul Brenner walks in and he does that. <laughs> you just feel that way. You're not lying to me, devil. I got a steel rod down my back because the Lord put it there. I am not kowtowing to you. Yeah. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and the full assurance that faith brings. Full assurance. Full assurance. 
that's Adrian, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. You see that? You are intended to be cleansed from all guilt. And having our bodies washed with pure water. No more guilt, no more shame. Isn't there a song that does that? No more guilt, no more shame. What? Speak it out. Do you know it? Okay. No more guilt, no more shame. Freedom in Christ and God's forgiveness. Okay. That's receiving God's forgiveness. You know, a lot of us suffer rejection in our lives. We attribute that to God. God, no, 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 no. He will never reject you. He will never forsake you. That's people. And then unfortunately, we take that and we attribute it to God. But that's not the way it is. That's not his heart for us. All right. Then, we need to forgive ourselves. Am I taking too long for you all today? Good. Good. Okay. You have to forgive yourself. You must forgive yourself. This is very important. If God has forgiven you, the least you can do to honor him is forgive yourself. It is an honor unto him that you forgive yourself. He paid a tremendous price to forgive you. You need to accept it and forgive yourself. He, Jesus died for that. He does not want, God does not want the devil to have a toehold in your life. Okay? And that's what unforgiveness can produce. Not, not people here. Because we're not going to let it. Because we're going to receive. And we're going to forgive ourselves. He wants you to receive his gift of grace so that the glory can flow. So that that great treasure that has been in deposited in these earthen vessels can shine forth. So you can be that city on a hill. So you can be the new Jerusalem. The river of healing. The balm of Gilead. Paul had a thorn in the flesh, right? Okay. You can think whatever you want to think. I'm just going to give you one little teeny idea. All right? You don't have to take this as gospel. But let's think about Paul's life. Paul was persecuting Christians, and he met Jesus, and Jesus said to him, Why do you persecute me? Paul calls himself the worst of sinners. What if, what if, the you know, he said that he, tried, he asked the Lord three times to take that thorn in the flesh away. Right? Because he didn't want to become conceited or puffed up, lifted up. What if that thorn was the fact that Paul could not, that Paul would remember his past and the awful things he had done to Christians and the way in which he had persecuted Christ? What if that thorn was his own unforgiveness? You know, he says, he says that I've wronged no man. He came to a point he said, I haven't wronged anyone. Do you see how confident he became? 
even though he had murdered Christians, even though Jesus said, you're persecuting me? What was God's answer? God's answer was, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. So whether that was a thorn in the flesh or whether you believe it's something else, whether it, whatever, the principle holds true. His grace is sufficient for any amount of unforgiveness that you are holding towards yourself once you have laid it at the cross. His grace is sufficient. His forgiveness is all-encompassing. So that's just a thought. (laughs) In other words, my grace, my grace, God's grace, has removed that sin. Don't let the devil bring it back to you. Don't think about it again, Paul. So that includes you. Right? That includes you. See, as I said before, the devil's going to try to convince you that that old sin, that old sin is still in you. That it defines you. That it defines your future. Those are all lies. They're going to try to get you, he wants you to think that that's a mark too big for the grace of God. I never met a mark too big for the grace of God. God has a rat. Once you lay it down at the cross, once you repent, once you confess that sin to your Father, God has eradicated it. He has forgotten it. He has thrown it into the sea of forgetfulness. It is as far as the east is from the west. He has purified. He has purified. We read that, didn't we? He has purified you. He has made you holy without blemish. Or accusation. We read that a bit ago. So I want you to say this. Everybody ready? God has removed that old sin from me. I gave it to him, and he evaporated it. It is no more. It is no more. I am forgiven. And now I forgive myself. Whatever it is, whatever that sin is that you're contemplating, this is what this is for. You understand what we're doing? Does everybody understand what we're doing? Okay. The devil had no hold on Jesus. Jesus is in me. So the devil has no hold on me. I forget that sin. And I have laid it at the cross. God gave me resurrection life. Glory-filled life in the place of death and sin. Hallelujah. God sees me as his precious, clean, new, holy, child. Hallelujah. 
Okay. <laughs> now, I want to give you a few little indications, things that, you know, just pay attention to because you know how the devil likes to talk to people. I want to give you a few indications of things that might be indicators that you haven't forgiven yourself before now. Okay, is that okay? All right. Perfectionism. These are just things going forward. Just pay attention. Perfectionism. Let me just tell you what. Only Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit are perfect. Now, are, your, are you perfected in your spirit because of them? Okay, yes. But you see, we still walk in the flesh. We still have things that we've got to deal with in the flesh, in our mind, right? And we're going to renew our mind to the Word. That's what we're doing. We're renewing our mind to the Word. Okay? So, perfectionism, that is you trying to prove yourself to yourself, and it's you trying to prove yourself to God. You don't need to prove yourself to God. Okay? But that's what perfectionism is. All right? So, you don't need to do that. God loves you. When you make a mistake, he's not kicking you out. You just go back to him. Okay? You do not need to prove yourself to anyone. Yeah, that is good news. You don't need to prove yourself to anyone. They're not the ones that keep your nose clean. You, you just talk to God. You just deal with God. Okay? Works. Works is you, not you, people, trying to make up for all the wrong things they did. If you get in works. Now, are good deeds an extension of our faith? Yes. But that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about works. Constantly trying to make up. Okay? For the things that you think you did wrong. Remember, Christ already bridged the gap. He already did it. He bridged the gap between you and God. His work alone. His blood alone. We don't receive forgiveness by works, but by God's grace. We could never make up, we could never make up for all of our mistakes, all of the mistakes that occurred in our past. And thank God he's not, that's not what he requires of us. Thank, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. He just wants us to accept the gift of grace that he has given us. He did all that needed to ever be done. You could never do it as well as he did it. Control issues. Always wanting to control everything. Oh my, that can wear you out. You're always trying to control everything. You may not have forgiven yourself because you're trying to control life so that you won't fall into another trap. You just got to control everything so you don't make another mistake. See what I'm saying? You're trying to prove yourself to yourself. You don't need to do that. You don't need to prove yourself to yourself. You don't need to prove yourself to others. You don't have to do that. You are worthy. He has made you worthy in him, in Christ, in your Lord and Savior. Just give it up to God. If you try to control it, you'll never do it as well as he would have done in any way. So just let him lead you. 
right? Okay, self-criticism. Now that one's pretty self-evident. People who walk around constantly putting themselves down, constantly criticizing everything they do, constantly thinking that it's never going to be good enough, that I didn't do it well enough, that I didn't do it right, that somebody else thought it stunk. You know, and sometimes, you know, they make a joke. Why do you think the Lord says not to partake in coarse jesting? Because coarse jesting, critical jesting, cynical speech, plant seeds here in your spirit. Don't do that. You know, people laugh. They'll laugh. It's not funny. It's not funny. Oh, I, I, I'm just not as smart. Oh, I just can't do it. Oh, I'm always messing up. Oh, I blah, 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 blah. It is not funny. And if you make someone else the butt of your jokes, you are working for the devil. Sarcastic humor, coarse jesting, there is a reason. It hurts people's spirits. It hurts a person's spirit when you do it to yourself. It hurts a person's spirit when you do it to someone else. It is not funny. It's never been funny. It's a sin, and coarse jesting has no place. Because that's not what God does, and that's not how he speaks about you. Let me just give you one other warning about coarse jesting. You criticize someone else, you are planting seeds over their life. And I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want to be responsible for that. <laughs> you don't want to be responsible for the words of negativity that you preach over somebody else. See what I'm saying? I don't want to be responsible for that. Okay, that was pretty tough. <sighs> sorry, but not sorry. <laughs> sorry, but not sorry. Hey, I'm not just preaching to you. Everything I say is also meant for me. All right? Y'all know that about me. So, I kind of, you know, people that do that self-hate thing, they're in legalism. They're in legalism. That self-criticism, they're under the law in, in that area, and they've already been set free. Okay? Condemning others. I sort of touched on that a minute. If you have not forgiven your own faults, then a lot of times you condemn others because you're not going to forgive theirs because you haven't received it for yourself. So you, you didn't receive it for yourself, so you're going to condemn them. Does that make sense? Okay. Pride. Pride is simply an attempt to cover up your own shame. That's all it is. You know it. You did something. You didn't feel worthy. And so you try to, some people try to cover it up by self-criticism. By the way, self-criticism is not humility. That is not humility. It is sin. Okay? But then others become arrogant and prideful to cover up their own shame. Nobody's going to see inside there. Okay? So pride or arrogance. 
That's a fleshly attempt. People pleasers. Because people fail to understand that God is pleased with them, you owe no, nothing to any man but to love them. You don't owe them an explanation. Why in the scripture does it say, I care not if you judge me. You're in the world. I'm under a different set of rules. I care how God sees me. People pleasers, competition. Are you highly competitive? You do not need to compete with other people. Just please God. Just please God. Just ask him, what do you want me to do here, Lord? Really simple, really easy. I'm not trying to make this more complicated than it is. These are just like things to be aware of, okay? All right. We don't have to please others. When I've gone to him with a particular sin, he's pleased. That's all I care about. All right. You must forgive others. Must forgive others. God has forgiven you, right? God has forgiven you. You must extend that same love, that same grace to other people, right? Whatever God has freely given you, you must freely give. Now, when that's spoken about it in the scripture, it's about healing, but the principle applies across the board because forgiveness brings healing. <laughs> so, you know, add infinitum if you really think about it. All right, Matthew 10, 8. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. So, he's forgiven us. We want to graciously forgive others. That forgiveness brings healing. Physical, mental, emotional healing. Okay, what are some signs that some people may not have forgiven someone else? Withdrawal. Right? You withdraw. I'm not going to forgive you. Anger. Bitterness. Resentment. Signs that perhaps people have not rage. You know? And it doesn't even necessarily have to be rage at that person. Anger at that person. It can be a general sense of anger. It can be anger at someone else that wasn't even involved in the situation. That person did this horrible thing to me, and you know, you, 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 you that person, maybe someone hasn't forgiven that person, and so they rage and they lash out at other people. Or they're in a situation, and all of a sudden, this rage, this anger just wells up. Good sign that there's unforgiveness there. You know? Gossip. Gossip is murder.
gossip. Judgmentalism. When a root of bitterness comes, you start judging others, not you. People start judging others because they haven't let go of that root. So they're not walking in the freedom and the love and the grace of God. And, then, and so it just gets all tied up inside and, you know, it's hard to give it out then. Okay? Again, controlling others. That's an, it was under the others, you know, where you ha- maybe haven't you, you haven't forgiven yourself. But it's also maybe that person hurt me. And nobody's ever going to do that to me again. So I'm going to control this situation. See that? I'm going to keep that harm from happening. The only thing that's going to keep that harm from happening is you get rid of it with your Lord Jesus Christ. It's the only thing. All right. So, forgiveness in all dimensions. In all dimensions. Breaks. Hindrances. To the glory flowing out through you. Ephesians 1, 7. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished upon us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the time reached their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. That's where you are meant to dwell. Redemption brings unity. Forgiveness, redemption, Unity with your Father, where you are meant to dwell. In his presence at all times. Forgiveness. Receiving it. Giving it. That free gift of grace brings us into unity with God through Christ. It gets rid of the walls. Remember, he tore the veil. Right? And the glory flows. And the glory flows. Full redemption brings joy, everlasting, full of glory. Joy. Unspeakable joy. Hallelujah. Grace and peace. And joy brings rest. We can rest in our Father. Joy releases the glory. Colossians 1.22 But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish, free from accusation, if you continue in your faith established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel... See, you have a hope in the gospel. You are forgiven. The gospel of salvation and redemption and forgiveness by the blood. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. 
It is not hard to serve a God like that. It is our joy. So, we, in a minute I'm going to go through a prayer with you, and I want everyone in this room to feel complete liberty. If you want to come to the altar, if you want to sit in your chairs, but I want you to take this seriously. We are going to walk through forgiveness. I'm not going to give God's message like this, and then we're just going to go out and have lunch. <laughs> we are supposed to be intentional about the word and our faith. So you can do whatever you want. Please feel free. However you want to do it, I want you to pay attention to areas. I'm not trying to bring up pain. You understand what I'm saying? We're, we're releasing pain here today. We're receiving forgiveness. You are receiving the forgiveness of God. You are going to forgive yourself, and you are going to walk through forgiving others. All right? So I want everyone just to take a moment. This isn't to make you feel condemned or make you feel a sense of guilt or shame. No, 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 no. That's not the point. But we all have something, don't we? Okay. So this is meant for healing. The touch of God. Oh, God. We thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you that we are your children. We thank you that there is no fear in you, in us, because of you. We thank you that you are all loving, all kind, all goodness. We thank you that you sent Jesus, that we could be forgiven. We thank you, Lord, that he was so willing that he poured out his blood and he took it and poured it out on the mercy seat in heaven just for me. Say that. He did that just for me. Hallelujah. So, Lord, I just ask for your Holy Spirit presence here. Every person, Lord God, that you would just minister healing to them. Minister your forgiveness to them, Lord God. Open up the doors. Open up the floodgates. That the mercy of God, that your mercy and that your love would renew their hearts. Remove the pain. Remove the guilt. Remove the condemnation because, oh Lord, there is no condemnation in you upon us. We are holy in your sight. So we just take this time to hand over to you, Lord, those things that we've tried to keep so tightly held. Right now, every hurt, every pain that you're bringing to my recognition right now, I just lay it at the cross. I come to you. I give it to you. I'm not going to take it anymore. I am not taking it anymore. It is yours. It always was yours. I'm sorry for anything that I've done that displeased you. I repent of that. But I know, Lord, that you are pleased with me and that you do forgive me. And I thank you for it. I thank you for it. So I'm going to give everyone just...
take some time and just talk to the Lord on your own. And then I'm going to pray with you in a little bit. If I start to pray and you just need more time with the Lord, you just go ahead and take it. Hallelujah. Let your mercy flow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. If anyone wants me to come by and pray, especially with them, just raise your hand and I'll do that. Not that you need me. I'm going to say a prayer, and you can join in. Please forgive me of any unforgiveness I hold, Lord. I receive and accept your forgiveness of me. Thank you. I forgive myself. You have made me clean and worthy. You gave your son for me. He gave his blood. I forgive myself just as you have forgiven me. I forgive those who have harmed me in any way. You have forgiven me, and I forgive them. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Does anyone want more time? This is not something that has to end here, by the way. Hallelujah. <laughs>